six now in the NFL season, and let's face it, the injuries just keep on coming and affecting my fantasy football teams. So once again, I'm not in the greatest of moods, so I'm going to be relying on AJ to help me figure out how the heck to make my teams better with all the injuries that I'm suffering. Welcome into another QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, this is the Waiver Wire Show. As always, I'm Callan Elsliger, joined by AJ Passman. AJ, the Falcons got a win for you, so how are you feeling this week? They did. They did. They went to jolly old London town and, and picked up a win against the jets. Um, I, you know, I, I feel good because I'm a fan. I also don't know how I feel because of our record. We don't really have a whole lot of future this, this season. So, but you know, at the same time, I don't know who we'd be tanking for yet. So, um, I'll take it. I'll take a win as a fan. Yeah. I'm, I've been in the same boat as a Steeler fan. We pulled off a win and Ben Roethlisberger actually looked good. So, because my Yankees are out in baseball, the Steelers may be giving me the false hope that I need during these trying times. <laughs> so we're going to get into the players as we normally do in just a moment. But as usual, be sure to follow us on Twitter at VQB list where you'll find AJ's waiver wire article released shortly after you probably listen to this podcast where you can find more in-depth discussion of all the players we discuss. But I wanted to open the show as we have reached week six. The bye weeks have begun. So these players are going to be much more important as you start to miss. As a note, the Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints, New York Jets, and San Francisco 49ers are on bye this week. Not too many fantasy notable players on any of these teams who will be starting. So they kind of helped us out pretty early with not major losses. Of course, you'll have to play guys like Calvin Ridley. Cordell Patterson's kind of a starter right now. Alvin Kamara, of course, but... Throughout the positions, there's not too many that are extremely notable losses due to the bye week. So they're easing us in quickly, but week seven will be bye week. It will be bye week hell. And there's gonna be a lot to a lot to come out of that. So be sure to turn to that. If you want to look ahead, there are six teams on bye the Bills, Cowboys, Jaguars, Chargers, Vikings, and Steelers, but we'll cover that more next week. So let's get into the players to try and help you replace those guys as well as several injuries, which I'm sure we'll get into as we discuss these players so we'll start off as usual with the running back position and like mentioned there were injuries this week Saquon Barkley left with a leg injury and is out for he's apparently week to week it may be a short week thing but that's a huge loss so the next man up in New York is Devontae Booker AJ how excited are you about Devontae Booker is this someone we should be dropping like we did for Damian Williams last week and Samaj P. Ryan or should we tamper some expectations well, it's kind of both, Callan, because you've got, you know, w- with the first week of buys and, and with these injuries, it, it it a lot of it kind of depends on what your roster needs are. So, starting from this point in the season, um, it it really depends on what you need. So, if you're a Saquon Barkley manager, if you're if you really need a win in week six, if you have big needs you know if you had Clyde Edwards Hilaire who who who's going to be out for a few weeks you know these next few guys you're probably going to need a fill-in for the next for the next couple of weeks and the injuries are just um just compound that need that the bye weeks present so so for somebody like Devontae Booker I think but the volume alone um is going to make him a spot start but for me if if I don't if I don't have a major need in the running back position I'm not putting out, you know, 50% of my remaining fab or, um, or my, of my fab budget for that, because it seems like Saquon Barkley, uh, he might only miss a week or two. It looked really nasty. It looked like a, you know, like somebody 
put a big old rock inside of his leg, <laughs> inside of his ankle. But they said it's just a low ankle sprain um, and that he might only be out for, for a week, maybe two. Um, and then, you know, just the fact that Devontae Booker is not Saquon Barkley and the Giants mm-hmm. have an absolute mess going on right now. Daniel Jones has, has a potential concussion. Um, obviously, the receivers with Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. I mean, everybody, everybody's hurt. So it is a mess there, but the volume is hard to ignore. So, you know, I, I mean, I would definitely put, um, you know, need based somewhere, even, you know, uh, my upper limit is probably 20% or so. And that is if I, if I need it, or if I really, um, if I'm a, if I'm a Barkley manager and I want to kind of have that insurance in case that injury lingers, then I could see that. But I wouldn't say he's quite on that kind of Damian Williams or even Chuba Hubbard or um, Alexander Madison level. Yeah. So it's, there's some intrigue in that it's a tough match in week six against Los Angeles Rams. And if that's just a one week, that's out. Cause like you said, it could just be a one week injury for Barkley. You don't know how much value you're going to get out of that. But if you're desperate for running back because everyone's getting hurt and in some leagues, I may be in that boat. He could be a good play. I may be more personally excited for the next guy we're going to mention, which is Daryl Williams for the Kansas City Chiefs. Clyde Edwards-Alaire left with a MCL sprain, and they've already ruled that he's going to be out a few weeks. So Daryl Williams becomes the next man up in Kansas City. Are you, in, are you more excited for him than Booker? Are you tampering some expectations? Where do you rank the two and tell us why we should be spending some fab on Williams? Well, I, th- I think for Daryl Williams, the opportunity is is a little bit more obvious. Um, again, l- like you said, with, with Clyde out for probably a few weeks with that MCL sprain, um, you know, Daryl Williams is 16% rostered right now in Yahoo leagues. I think that he is he has the potential to to be on your roster and to be a potential starter for a little bit longer there's still questions around kansas city what are they doing with their passing game what does that look like for the running backs how much of it was clyde edwards hilaire struggling and how much of it is it just their scheme i think there's there's still questions there but at the end of the day you want to be with the chiefs offense more than you want to be with the giants offense and it seems like there's going to be more time for Williams to play. So um, again, it's also, it's also need based, but I would probably put him um, probably about, I'd probably have him as a priority um, as well, but still, you know, I'm not entirely sure what their backfield is going to look like. They still have uh, McKinnon back there um, who might take some passing down work. So it's, it's not as clear cut similarly with, um, as as with some other situations, but uh, but he, he's definitely worth an ad. So, you know, definitely hear me say that he is worth going to get because it is, you know, the starting running back on the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, so the value is there and it seems like the timetable, um, it gives you some additional value. Yeah. So if you had to rank them or prioritize them, would you put Williams over Booker or would you put them in similar value? Where do you where do you stand on that if you're choosing between the two? They're they're really neck and neck to me, but I, I would say that with some of the issues with uh, well, when 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 is when is their buy? When is Kansas City's buy? Kansas City is not on buy until week twelve. Okay, and what about the Giants? Are they week nine? You're week ten. Week ten. Week ten. Yeah. So so I, I'm I don't see any issue with that. So that that's kind of a wash for me. Um, I would probably just for the opportunity. Um, you know, I, I had Booker a little bit higher when I first made this list, but I'm probably putting Williams ahead just just with the updates about the timetable for return 
Um, and to me, the thing that kind of breaks the tie is, is the Chiefs offense. Yeah, I mean, you can go the Booker route, just like you said, the Giants offense is a mess, and they may just want Glennon to hand it off, hand it off, which may go the Booker. But the Giants offense is a lot worse than Kansas City. I would agree if you. If I had to prioritize them, I'd put Daryl Williams ahead. But they're close. You'd probably be spending similar fab to get them. And also, just as a quick note also, if you're in a deeper league and want to get in on this Kansas City action, take a flyer on Jarek McKinnon. He was supposed to be the passing downs guy. Maybe they don't go with a true number one and get him more involved in the passing game. Williams has got more targets than McKinnon last week. But in a new game scheme, we may see it go differently. So keep an eye on McKinnon if you're in a deeper league. So continuing with the injured running back themes, we did see Joe Mixon return last week, but he was limited and clearly was not 100%. So Samaj P. Ryan was still very involved in the offense and currently is only 27% rostered in Yahoo leagues. AJ, are we still recommending people to go get Samaj P. Ryan or is Mixon back on the field kind of shying away from that hope? You know, what's funny is, is even before Mixon uh, got hurt, the 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 Bengals have they did this in the in the offseason too they, they've been adding pieces because it seems like that they, they want some sort of passing work to you know for Mixon not to take the entire load and so even before um even before Mixon went down you saw him losing some of those third downs some of those obvious passing down uh snaps you know he's still handling the bulk of the workload but he's a little bit more game script dependent or he was trending toward becoming that potentially uh as the season went on but uh and and then we saw with with him actually playing Samaj P Ryan was was still involved i would say that it's it's a little bit more of a risk to go in on on P Ryan right now um he is you know more rostered like you said he's 27% now I like him as an ad, but if you need, you know, an absolute guaranteed starter uh, that's going to have that or a guaranteed volume for week six in particular, then I, you know, I can't put him above Booker or Williams, but I still think he's, he's a good, smart ad. Yeah. You saw that they were easing him back. Uh, P Ryan was on the field for 61% of the snaps last week, which is not an mm-hmm. insignificant amount. Obviously with an extra week, it may get more closer to 50, 50, but 50-50 isn't exactly an invaluable thing. We're seeing running backs be valuable when they're splitting with Jamal Williams. When they split backfield, it could still be valuable. And they're playing Detroit next week, which we've talked many times on this show. It's a defense you want to attack. So even if it's just for maybe one more week, Samaj P. Ryan does still have some value. I'd probably go 7-10% to 10% of your fab, try and get it. Because Mixon may not be 100%. Maybe decide to ease him one extra week because it should be such an easy game against Detroit. So... I think you're good with him for maybe one more week, and then we may be talking about him in Dumpsville. But speaking of running backs we recommended last week, we recommended Damian Williams a lot, but it may be that we recommended the wrong Chicago Bear running back as Khalil Herbert outsnapped Damian Williams and outcarried Damian Williams. AJ, what the heck do we do with this Bears backfield? <laughs> Honestly, right now, I, I I would want both of them. Uh, for the foreseeable future, I, I I think that they both can have kind of uh, you know some flex appeal there, because with with Justin Fields, they are clearly the Bears are clearly trying to establish a run first approach around him to protect Justin Fields as he's either getting his feet wet or he's not really going to be that accurate or that prolific of a passer. Um, I I actually think that they're both uh, viable. Um, you know, like you said, uh, Khalil Herbert. He he actually outsnapped and out carried Damian Williams, but Damian Williams was used more in the passing game. Um, 
not a ton because again, it's the bears and they're not going to be passing, but in those passing situations, they definitely have a little bit more trust in Damian Williams. I'm actually kind of fine with, with both of them, but also knowing that is that it is the bears offense, that they're not going to be this uh, they're, they're not going to give you too many spike weeks, but again, if you're desperate and if you're uh, you know, if you miss out on maybe some of these other top priority ads, then I don't mind uh, starting Williams or Herbert. So Samaj P. Ryan or Khalil Herbert prioritize them. Which one would you rather get? I think because if if Mixon is, I'm I'm gonna say Herbert because I think that if Mixon is healthier, then we could see P. Ryan fall off a cliff a little bit more as far as his usage and his involvement. Um, and I, th- I I'm I'm more interested in some of the upside of of seeing what Herbert can do and if they continue involving him in that in that offense i think i would agree with you on that take so continue with the injured running back theme we saw last week chris carson was ruled out with his game time decision due to his injury i believe it was a was it a neck injury um yep so the next man up in seattle we saw on thursday night was alex collins who had 15 carries 47 yards was a little involved in the passing game he's currently 37 percent rostered in yahoo are we jumping in on that or is this a situation we kind of have to lower some expectations we have no idea what's going to happen with chris carson yeah it's it's hard it's hard to tell we we thought chris carson might play in in week five and now now he's looking questionable for week six so um i still think alex collins is worth an ad this is also you know we have to acknowledge that russell wilson is out for the next Mm -hmm. you know six to eight weeks so it could be some rough sledding for uh, for the Seahawks with Geno Smith under center, he looked okay in week five. He had some flashes of, wait, that actually looked pretty good with that with that uh, <laughs> touchdown pass to to DK Metcalf. And then he also had some things that we would expect to see from Geno Smith, like poor decisions and interceptions. So um, I, I I think he if you picked him up last week and you were a little bit disappointed, you know, in in half in half point PPR he only had eight point two. Uh, points in week five so it's not what you were hoping for in a fill-in but i still think that he's worth holding on to and he's 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 worth getting it's a little bit of a difficult situation to to see so i put him just a little bit lower than some of the other options that we've mentioned but i would definitely keep him on my roster if i have him yeah the reason you said carson's such a weird situation he may be back he may not be back so hold on to him if you have him don't go crazy dropping fab on him if you don't, because like you said, he's probably the shortest term injury of the bunch and he'll probably get jumped back. He may still have some value, but also week six, he plays the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if there's one thing the Steelers have done good this year, it's play defense. So I'm not going to go nuts for Alex Collins just due to that matchup. And the fact that Chris Carson could be back pretty soon prior to any of these other injuries we have mentioned. And then the final potential injured running back was Damian Williams. He left with an injury on Sunday against Houston. So Ramondre Stevenson, we saw him get his first real look as the lead guy, but some reports have come out that kind of has tempered some of that excitement for Ramondre Stevenson. So is it still worth trying to go get at him in, in for your waivers or is it just a, uh, is it pass on him now that we've heard some news on Harris? You know, again, it, it, it depends on, it depends on your need. I mean, if you're desperate, if you're in a, for you, for you, 16, team leaguers um if if you're real desperate you know that that's when you start getting some of these names like Ramondre stevenson brandon bolden Gio bernard hoping for you know a receiving touchdown 
Um, even, you know, JD McKissick, who, you know, I love me some smooches who seems to just hit every other week. He hits the weeks that you have him on your bench. Um, but when you get into these kind of names, you know, Damian Harris is, um, the closest thing to a starting running back we've had in new England for a while. And even though he did kind of surrender that goal line fumble, which, um, Ramondre Stevenson knows can put you in the doghouse for several weeks with Bill Belichick. Um, it seems like it was a little bit more. Um, you know, injury related. I, I'm, I think he's going to be a little bit more of a pain tolerance, figure out, you know, kind of how he practices this week. So it is something to monitor. He still could go the wrong way. Um, but even if he does, I think that once you go past him, it's, it, it's a real dart throw just to, just to try to figure out what sort of product uh, production you're going to get out of a new England backfield. So, um, you know, he's kind of a consolation prize. He's a little bit of a, of a, a more desperation dart throw for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. If you get through free agency, have a, a bench spot to hold, and some of these league guys are out, stash him, see what you get out of him, but mm-hmm. you can't be as excited. Is there any other running back that you mentioned briefly, J.D. McKissick and Gio Bernard, Brandon Bolden? Are any of them worth an ad, or are they in the similar, okay, stash him if need be? If not, oh well. Well, you had to ask. I mean, I, I, I still, I still have to believe in, in JD McKissick um, because he's, so right now he's, he's 45% owned in Yahoo league. So he's right. He's right at that ownership level where, where we wouldn't even be talking about him because he's too, uh, and he's too, he's too highly rostered. But um, you know, I, I think that with um, you know, you kind of, I'm just erasing week five for the Washington football team because it was just awful all around. Taylor Heineke was horrible. Um, it was, it was not a great, it was not a great week fantasy wise for, for them. Um, but I think that with Logan Thomas being out, we might see a little bit more opportunity. We'll talk about, um, their, their, uh, their second string tight end in a minute, but, um, he's, he would be the one that, you know, I would still want to have on my roster. I would, if I really needed him, if I've got some of these bye weeks coming up with six or seven, I'd be a little bit more comfortable starting him over some of the, uh, over some of these guys that we just mentioned, like, you know, Ramondre Stevenson or Brandon Bolden, or even Gio Bernard, just because we've seen him be able to produce um, and, and give you, give you good value in the flex spot um, in, in certain weeks. And so I'll take that potential if I'm really desperate. Yeah. i I guess I would agree with that. None of them fully stand out. McKissick is just the most upside due to the PPR-ness. And also, if you need a desperate play for this week due to bye weeks, he plays Kansas City. Or, excuse me, does not play. Yeah, he does play Kansas City this week. Pardon my yep. confusion. And that could oh, create a-, a lot of throwing, which he has said mm-hmm. is uh, which is his skill set. So, if you need a running back to replace a Camara to replace a uh, Cornell Patterson, J.D. McKissick may be a fine flex play to sub for that. So we took suggestions from our Discord community, as usual. Uh, you can go on to PitcherList.com, sign up for PL Plus, and you will have access to both the Pitcher List and, more importantly, due to this podcast, the QB List Discord, where you will have access to all the staff who can answer your start sick questions, fantasy health questions, discuss football 24-7. It's a lot of fun. Please join if you haven't. Let's talk some football. So we went on there, discussed some drops. These are just some names. I'm going to name all five of the people who we have on this list. And you'll tell me if there's any of them that are worth dropping for any of these guys we have mentioned for the ads. Chase Edmonds, Devin Singletary, Damian Harris, Miles Sanders, and Trey Sermon. Would you drop any of those following guys for someone to waiver wire ads for the week? Yes, I would. 
but not all of them. I was shocked that somebody mentioned Chase Edmonds. He's yeah, he's dealing with a shoulder injury, and I think that he'll bounce back. He's he's definitely a hold. Um, you, you know, and and if if he's hurt, if he continues to be questionable or something, then you know, I, I if if you're uh, if you have the luxury of having enough running backs, then I could see you sitting him perhaps if he's if he's hurt. But no, he he's a definite hold. Um, I'm still holding on to Damian Harris. I think that. Um, you know, if again, he's hurt as well. I think that, you know, he, he's a little bit more difficult to trust in a start. Um, for, for some of the other guys, uh, Devin Singletary, um, I'm dropping him for, for two reasons. So he's, he's clearly behind Zach Moss. I mean, I think we've seen, we've just seen Zach Moss just kind of take, take control of whatever Josh, Josh Allen doesn't already control. And uh, the other thing is he, they have that, that week seven buy coming up. And so he's probably not going to be something that you're going to hold on to next week. And so if you need to fill a spot and, and you're looking for one of these guys to, um, to be a spot start for you for one or two weeks, then I think Singletary is, is a good drop. And I'm going to say the same thing about Trey Sermon. Uh, I don't, I, I, I might try to go add him back after their buy, but I just, uh, with our roster spot, so valuable with so many injuries, um, I just don't see him holding a spot on, on my roster if I need to add somebody that that could play this week, and I need to, you know, stash uh, somebody else who's on by. I would tend to agree with that. Devin Singletary is a for sure drop for me. It's it's clear if it's no longer a committee or anything like that. Singletary is clearly behind Moss. I'm fine dropping him to stream some of these running backs that are going to be getting some work due to injury, due to other injuries. I still want to hold Trey Sermon just for the upside. And you never know if San Francisco when his pop-off week's going to be because let's face it, Elijah Mitchell may not be 100% coming up. So I'm still going to stash him. But if you're desperate and you really need to fill someone in, I'm fine dropping him. Let's move over to the wide receiver position, which generally does not have as big names. We have, it's, it's a little top-heavy this week. There are two probably big ads, and then there's some other guys who we'll talk about at the end of the segment. But we're going to go into first V biggest added a week at the position Kadarius Tony last week he had 10 receptions on 13 targets had 189 yards he got his ankle looked at he got ejected he did it all on Sunday against the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys and like you said earlier when you're talking about Booker there are so many injuries in New York that Tony may be the lead guy on offense so how excited are we about getting Kadarius Tony you know Kadarius Tony is he to me he's not a waiver wire plug or he's he's not a bi week plug to me. He is somebody that you probably want to pick up um, and keep on your and keep on your roster for for the season. It seems like he kind of had his his breakout. I mean, week um, week six could be a little bit tougher for him, especially if Daniel Jones does not play. But don't let that scare you away. So I I, I would I mean he, he showed uh, some incredible moves. I, actually, I, I'm going to post a couple of, of fun little videos of him on the waiver wire article that that comes out on Tuesdays. Um, he he can get some amazing separation. He was he was absolutely torching guys out there, um, so much so that he got in a fight. Uh, so, uh, but the good news is it doesn't seem like he's going to get uh, suspended unless the team actually does something. But I, I mean, honestly, they are so bare bones right now with all those injuries. I, I uh, I think he plays um, unless he's a little bit more hurt. He has had a little bit of those. He's had some nagging injuries. He had some stuff in preseason. He had the wrong cleats. He hadn't signed and he had, he had some undisclosed leg injury. Um, so getting his, his ankle looked at, they said it's just precautionary. So we're assuming that, that there's no big issue there. So I think he's going to be available. And I think he's, he's one of those rookies that has 
has that talent to just blow up in any given week. Yeah, I don't see a suspension coming. If anything, Joe Judge may make him run a few laps at practice, which he's known to do, but I think he's a clear ad. My only concern is we've seen if the Giants do get everyone healthy, which is a big if at this point. There's so many injuries that they may not have the full slate. How does the target share come out when Galladay's back, when Slayton's back, when there's someone up, the Shepard's back? So does that change the chart? Obviously, it will change it, but he has a first-round pedigree. So can he leap some guys on the depth chart? Absolutely, with how well he's been playing. So I will temper some expectations slightly just due to that. But while they're injured, you got to take advantage of it. Rams will be a tough matchup, but if he's clearly the only guy, I think he'll put up enough production. So definitely go get Derek Darius Tony. And similarly, a receiver who we had mentioned in previous weeks is now due for an uptick of production due to an injury to their tight end, and that is Rondell Moore. He got a little bit more involved last week, had five catches, 59 yards, and they lost Max Williams. So does that lead to an increase for him? Does it lead for an increase to other other receivers? Where are we doing with Rondell Moore due to this news? Yeah, you know, I I, I still... I like Rondell Moore. He's he's at about 40% rostered right now in Yahoo Leagues. And the injury to Max Williams only helps uh, only helps his case because he was kind of stuck in this, you know, whose turn is it, depending on the week, with Christian Kirk and with Rondell Moore. So I would also add Christian Kirk as, as another potential add mm-hmm. there. I think he uh, I think he's right at the 50% mark now. Um, so he, he could qualify as well. I think they're both worth ads while, uh, while while they sort this out in their offense. I don't know if you're necessarily starting them, depending on your options. But uh, but what Rondo Moore showed, he showed the talent that is just way beyond anything that Christian Kirk can do. Um, he's what it seems like is going to happen is he's going to be on the field even more. And I think it you know talent demands targets, and so I think we're going to see that play out. And obviously he's he's got Kyler Murray throwing to him, which you know, Kyler Murray didn't have, you know, one of those explosive weeks this week, um, but it's going to happen more often than not in this offense. So um, I, I think the talent's there. I think there's still some situations where or certain matchups and games where you may not start him, but um, but you definitely want him on your roster. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd also say you recommended Christian Kirk at 50%. AJ Green also due to that. He's old, he's boring, but he's probably due for an uptick. It's the same thing we say about the Cardinals every week. It's so unpredictable, but you want a piece of that offense. So if any of them are available, go get them. Obviously, the most upside is Rondell Moore, but the other two are good options if they're still around and you don't get the one with the most upside. So definitely go try and get Rondell Moore as well. And the final receiver we're going to go a little bit more in depth on is Tim Patrick. I think we mentioned him every single week, and he's currently at 31% rostered. And the one week we kind of shy away from him thinking that Drew Locke was going to go out. He goes out and plays 90% of the snaps and has seven catches for 90 yards against Pittsburgh Steelers. So, AJ, are we back jumping on the Tim Patrick bandwagon? We may be the official podcast. We may be taking <laughs> applications for this point to join the bandwagon. I feel like we talk about him every week. I, I, I think Tim Patrick heard us give up on him for, for this past week when we, <laughs> said the, when we said the matchup wasn't good. Um, but to be fair to us, we also thought Drew Locke was, was the starting quarterback. Yes. So, um, but pretty much in, in every, in every week, except for week four, Tim Patrick has scored double digit uh, fantasy points in half in half PPR more in full PPR. And he's uh, it, really, he, he just produces. And so, it, you know, barring some sort of an injury to Teddy Bridgewater, um, 
I see that continuing. Cortland Sutton is still the wide receiver one there, but there's plenty of room for Tim Patrick um, playing against the now coachless Las Vegas Raiders in week six. Um, you know, I, I, I think that will continue. I think there's, there's enough, uh, he can command enough of the target share to have a productive outing. And then, you know, if he, if he scores a touchdown on top of it, and that's just, that's just the cherry on top. So He's only 31% rostered right now. That's too low for somebody who's going to consistently be giving you that kind of double digit um, fantasy output. You mentioned it in one of our previous shows that he is the perfect bi-week replacement flex safe option. We're at bye weeks and there's a couple good receivers that are on bye this week and next week in the six week bye teams. So yes. go get Tim Patrick. He's going to give you safe. He got 26% of his target shares. His snap share continues to increase. Last week he saw his most mm-hmm. snap percentage of the entire season. And like you said, he's got a good schedule coming up against Vegas and Cleveland the week after that, who are not a great or not the best secondary in the league. So you could possibly take advantage of that. So if Tim Patrick's still sitting there and you want a safe option coming up for bye weeks, Tim Patrick will be is the perfect option. So those are the guys we wanted to go a little bit more in depth on. There are some other kind of guys that are worth stashing. I'm not going to go crazy about going to each one. Is there anybody that we did, haven't mentioned that you want to? put out a flyer for you want to highlight a little bit more than others may that are in probably deeper league or stash worthy. Well, I think if you can afford to stash, I think it's, it's time to put Marcus Marquez Callaway back on your roster. If you can afford to wait, he's on buy in week six uh, for other, for other guys. Really. I just love saying I'm on Ross St. Brown's name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of fun to talk about the sun God. So uh, he's, he's only 3% rostered and uh, the lion's, you know, it, 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 it's a challenge, but if, if you are in a deeper league or if you're really desperate for a wide receiver option, he has um, gotten, a, he has gotten more involved in the offense kind of at the expense of TJ Hawkinson, who teams are double teaming and absolutely game planning to stop. He has been a little bit of a beneficiary of that as has Quintez Cephas, but Cephas just went down this week and may also miss week six. So he's, he's a possibility that I like Randall Cobb again is another good option, you know, in, in a good offense. So uh, those are some of those guys that, that I like, you know, obviously with Washington football team playing Kansas city next week, you know, you could take some flyers on Deandre Carter or Adam Humphreys with, um, with Logan Thomas out and them kind of redistributing the, the target pie there, Um, you know, a little bit deeper, maybe Gabriel Davis, in in buffalo as they're going up against tennessee which has a defense made of swiss cheese so there are some options that have some upside but they're all going to come with some risk so a lot of really really low floor but you know some potential decent ceiling guys yeah take a look at aj's waiver wire com we'll probably add a little bit more on these players but those are some good options that we didn't mention more in depth that provides some upside and i will echo some of the Anmon st brown st brown hype a little bit more He's had eight targets each of the last two weeks, and we talk about Detroit's defense as one you could take advantage of, which means they're going to have to throw the ball, and Jared Goff has looked competent throughout the season so far, which may lead to a good performance. So he's someone I'm kind of keeping a watchful eye on that I may make a bold prediction that we may be talking about him on like a, the actual normal part of the receiver in the next week or two. So keep an eye on Amon St. Amon Ross St. Brown. He's the one I'm most excited about of the guys you mentioned, but if you need a deep stash or a really deep play, AJ will have some good ones in the waiver article, as he has mentioned. We'll just go through some drops real quick. There aren't as many people who have uh, been thrown out there. Every week we seem to have discussion. Do we drop Brandon Ayuk? 
This week, I'm going to say yes because of the bye week and because of because I think there are going to be guys on, on your roster. You need a start. And I mean, really, Brandon Ayuk hasn't shown anything. And I, I think you've kind of got a, a hobble Jimmy Garoppolo or a rookie Trey Lance who looks amazing on, on the ground or and also looks like a rookie. So um, I'm saying if you have to drop him, I'm not going to be mad at you. Yeah, I think there's – we keep going with the upside argument for him, and he probably still has more upside than most of the guys that are mentioned. But I think Kadarius Tony may be more of an upside play. So if you're adding Kadarius Tony, I might do it to drop Brandon Ayuk. Rondell Moore is kind of a push for me. I probably would still rather have Ayuk, but I can understand making this switch, especially like you said with the bye week coming up. But Tony, I think, is a yes for me. The other guys, I'm probably still keeping with Ayuk, and I'm going to – I feel like this year I'm sinking with 49ers. I think I'm one. I'm going to hold. This be, that's me. The team that I hold way too long, just waiting for the breakout. We, so we we're going to move over yeah. to the tight end position, where there are some names that are actually worth mentioning. We mentioned him towards kind of the back end of last week's episode for tight ends as an option, but Hunter Henry continues to be pretty involved for the New England Patriots. He seems to have jumped up ahead of Johnny Smith as the lead guys so is he your favorite option at the tight end position this week or are there is there any is there someone else who you're going to be putting ahead of him yeah i i think hunter henry is is the top ad for tight ends right now he's 46 percent rostered um the you know in in week in week four we had um you know both johnny smith and hunter henry caught caught touchdowns their stat lines looked similar um in the in the box score but um, you know, you fast forward to, to week five and you start seeing what, what's happening with, with the usage there. Um, in, in week five, Hunter Henry, uh, they both played for 40 snaps, and, but Hunter Henry ran 25 routes to Johnny Smith's eight. So he also had eight targets to Johnny Smith's two. So you can kind of see that, um, that, that the way that they're using Hunter Henry versus Johnny Smith in this offense, Hunter Henry has clearly... Um, started being used more as the as the receiving tight end option, and and the the production's there. Uh, Mac Jones is finding him. He uh, and you know he he had another another good week five, and I would say that you know in the absolute um, <laughs> just sadness of the world of of tight ends, I I think Hunter Henry is is definitely worth um, worth starting. And, and worth playing because because he's getting he's getting that he's getting those targets he's getting involved he's running the routes so these are all positive signs that you're looking for when you're looking for you know not only a ceiling for tight ends but that floor yeah and before we move on to the other guys we'll go to drops because i think these are don't that's the only guy you're probably dropping people for as a season long the other guys are probably more as streamers due to bye weeks but would you drop robert tunyon for hunter henry yes would you drop Austin Hooper for him? I would drop Austin Hooper for Hunter Henry and David Njoku. All right. So why don't we just let you wax poetic <laughs> about David Njoku for a little bit? Well, so David Njoku is 3% rostered right now. Um, his, his end stat line is a little bit deceiving and not, I mean, he earned all those points, uh, but it is, it's a little bit hard to project forward because um, you know, he, he had, I believe it was, let's see, how many yards did he have this week? It was an absurd number. It's, he had seven targets. I remember seven receptions. Okay, yeah, it was 149 yards and a touchdown. Okay. 
well, one of those receptions was 71 yards. So his, his touchdown was a 70, 71 yard touchdown. So you can't count on that going forward, but even without that, Njoku would have been the tight end number seven on the week. He still would have scored 10.4, 10.8 points in half PPR. So the targets were were the most encouraging thing there. Now, I don't expect them to be in a 42, point, 42 to 47 barn burner every single week. But I do think that if you're holding on to Austin Hooper, I think David Njoku is um, – he, he could provide at least a little bit of that glimmer of hope, that light at the end of the tunnel for tight ends. And I, I, I'm, I'm ready to, to give up on Austin Hooper. And if I want a Cleveland Brown tight end, which I'm not entirely sold on the fact on that fact or whether or not I really do. So he's not a huge priority for me. But if I'm choosing between him and Austin Hooper, I'd say Njoku is the, is the way to go. Yeah, I think that's a, might be time to make that swap. And in a world where George Kittle has been placed on IR and Kyle Pitts will be on bye week, you're probably going to need a streamer. I think Hunter Henry, like we said, has rest of season value. Njoku probably is the next closest to having that rest of season value, but he's probably a little bit lower to me than Henry. But I do like the streaming option and the possible upside for him. One final tight end that I want to mention as maybe sneaking up on some people, maybe... He had eight targets last week after a trade to Jacksonville, and that is Dan Arnold. Six receptions, 64 yards, was on the field for 73% of snaps in his first game with a brand new with a brand new team. So are we interested in Dan Arnold as a streamer? Do we think there may be a little bit more that he could get into that uh, kind of Dawson Knox-ish area when we're talking about guys who have kind of emerging in that position? Or is he just a one-week stream move-on sort of thing? I, I wouldn't call him Dawson Knox. But I would say that he is um, – I, I, I think he's going to be involved in the Jacksonville offense. Now, that may be good or bad for the rest of the season. But um, but when when James O'Shaughnessy, you know, he had kind of that big week one breakout where he had eight targets, six receptions, 48 yards. You know, that, that sort of like, oh, this, this, this might be a guy. I think Dan Arnold is going to take that position. Um, again, they traded for him. Uh, midseason, which is not super common, um, mm-hmm. but I, I I think that in when you're looking at the at the whole spectrum of tight ends, I I I think that he has at least that ability to establish a solid floor, while he may not be you know kind of that that weak winner or that um, again I wouldn't put him in that Dawson Knox category or that Hunter Henry uh, potential for kind of that weekly starter, but. Um, but but I do think there's potential for him to carve out a significant um, or at least hit a consistent piece of piece of that target pie. Yeah. Each week, Trevor Lawrence starts to look a little bit better where we're starting to see that number one pick potential. And with DJ Shark out for the past week or so, there is room for him to continue to increase that target share. So I do like him as a, a deeper play, as a kind of flyer who's slowly increasing up the rankings as we look for that next possible tight end to be the Knox, the Arnold or the um, Robert Tunyon from last year, so Logan Thomas, etc. So I do like the play. I will be keeping an eye on Arnold. Is there any other tight end that you're interested in? As maybe as just a one week streamer, or uh, maybe there's some value where we haven't seen fully from them yet, or are those kind of the guys you're really looking at? Uh, 
two other guys I'll mention, and I'll, I'll go into them a little bit more on the uh, on my waiver wire article. But uh, Ricky Seals Jones, he's slot, he is basically slotted into the exact same role as Logan Thomas. They're using him the same, they're targeting him the same amount. So he's an eye to, he's somebody to keep an eye on. And then my uh, <laughs> my favorite preseason uh, deep 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 sleeper pick was Donald Donald Parham Jr. Uh, with the Chargers. Now he is still way behind Cook as far Jared Cook in Los Angeles as far as you know snaps and routes run and everything, but again he is six foot foot eight and he is a red zone nightmare for linebackers. So um, he's he's one of those dart throws stash him stash him and see what happens. Um, definitely a dynasty grab, um, but and and I just I just like him. But um, but th- those are two guys that you know might have some some potential there to uh, to to stream depending on the matchup. Again, I mean, Donald Parham Jr. has now scored a touchdown in two weeks, which probably isn't uh, two straight weeks, which probably isn't sustainable. But uh, but you see the potentials there. And uh, Justin Herbert, who's throwing it, uh, who's really kind of made that jump as a as a passer. Um, you know, he's he's looking his way in the in, in the red zone. I'll highlight some of the Ricky Seals Jones level. We've mentioned over this podcast every segment. They're playing Kansas City, so you can take advantage mm-hmm. of that matchup. And if you need a one week guy. Seals Jones saw eight targets, and he is filling in that Logan Thomas role. We're kind of wondering who the number two would be. We were talking about Curtis Samuel, where you mentioned DeAndre Carter. Maybe it is Ricky Seals Jones who's just going to be the number two guy until Thomas comes back. So you could possibly take advantage of that. You could do worse than take advantage of a Kansas City matchup with a guy who is going to a team that likes to throw its tight end. So with the injuries and with to Russell, Russell Wilson was the main injury, and the bye week starting up, we're going to do a little bit more of the quarterback streamers. We're not going to go how we do go deeper into position. I'm just going to ask you one or two of your favorite stream plays for this week to replace. But obviously, they're not the big name. But if you're in a two quarterback league and some of these guys are still available, who's are you most excited to try and get as a streamer? Who you think has a little bit more upside for Vengeance this week? What do you? How do you attack it at the quarterback position at this point? Well, you know, I'm going to go right back to Washington. Um, you know, Taylor Heineke again. Not a great week for him, but in the weeks leading up to this, he has shown that he is not afraid to throw. He's not afraid to go for it. Um, so he stunk this week, but again, they're playing Kansas city in week six. Uh, he's 16% rostered. So he, um, he's probably my top ad after that. I would look, I, I would monitor to attack of because, uh, he should be coming off IR this week and he, he has another great matchup. Um, they are playing, let's see, who's Miami playing? Miami's got Jacksonville, I want to say. Yeah. So, you know, that there's always potential um, against Jacksonville. Um, and it's it, their way, but I, I don't think Jacksonville is scaring anybody. Um, so if, if he comes back, if, um, if he's going to be back on the field, um, I like him. Um, but flip that as well. And Trevor Lawrence, again, just has that. He has that upside. He, uh, for fantasy purposes, he had a great week five, um, you know, scored 22 points in, in a, four point um four point leagues and uh you know he, he's gonna have the most upside there uh, if you're in super flex i mean go you know go grab geno smith um i think if you can afford to hold on to somebody if you can afford to hold on to, to trey lance keep him um you know he again has looked like a rookie but he that rushing upside can just uh can just erase so many so many flaws so um so those are my guys i, I i'd probably prioritize taylor heineke and then uh Tua. 
Yeah, I might put Trevor Lawrence just ahead of Tua just because of the injury. I, it wouldn't shock me fully if Miami decides to just play it safer and hold him out for maybe one more week. But right, uh, obviously, if they don't, Tua, the matchup's great, but maybe Gaskin had a huge week, so maybe they run the ball, just keep it a little more safe of him. So I might put Lawrence ahead of Tua in my personal, but I do agree. Like we said, I'll show. Take advantage of the Kansas City matchup. We've seen Heineke be fantasy viable throughout most of the time since he's replaced Ryan Fitzpatrick as a starter besides last week, so... It could be due for a bounce back when a game will probably have to throw a lot to keep up. And then finally, we're going to go same thing with defenses. We do have some defenses that are have been starting in fantasy for you. It's the 49ers and the New Orleans Saints on bye week. So you probably do need a one-week replacement. Where are you looking? What well are you going down as a, a defense streamer? Yeah, the the two places I'm I'm really looking, and and I'm not going to say Miami, even though I'm playing Jacksonville, and I could say, you know, you can always you can always try with that. Um, but like you said, I do like Trevor Lawrence this week, and I think they could they could potentially put up some points. And James Robinson looks great, um, as always. Again, Urban Meyer, what are you doing? But um, I'll, I'll say um, my, you know, I think Monday Night Footballs uh, hasn't hasn't been played yet, um, so I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do against Baltimore. But I do like the Colts. They have a great matchup next week against Houston. Davis Mills, amazingly against all odds, uh, performed pretty well against a Bill Belichick uh, New England Patriots defense uh, who seems to specialize in ruining rookies, but, uh, but he, he did pretty well, but he is still the most um, turnover prone or turnover worthy play uh, candidate in the league. So I think that there's, there's an opportunity for points and, you know, you want takeaways and scores that um, so I like the Colts there, uh, the Packers uh, who are 25% rostered um, really, they've just shown a consistent floor. And so they're a little bit of a less risky option. Um, they're they've gotten a couple turnovers in the past few in the past several games. Basically, if you take out their their week one dud against the Saints, they've they've been pretty consistent, um, getting a few sacks, getting a couple turnovers, and they're playing Chicago, which might if if they lean on the run and they protect the football, there might not be that much opportunity for big plays. But they're also they're also not going to score a lot of points. So I like the Packers for their floor, and then I'm going to go back to the Bengals for uh, for Detroit. They kind of let us down this week, but um, but again, when you're playing the Lions, you know you could do worse for a defense. Yeah, if you need the replacement, these are all great options. I do agree with you, but the Colts probably would be the highest because Davis Mills, let's face it, hasn't looked that great so far. Besides, he looked good pretty good against New England, but I don't think that lasts in Indy. We kind of like their defense coming into this year, and they're slowly starting to look more like we expected. So I like that right. play. Any other two options of Green Bay and Cincinnati are good fallback options. They're pretty close and probably how they end up being ranked. So keep an eye out on those. And like we always do to wrap up the show, we'll just quickly rapid fire our top priorities at each position, starting with the running backs. Give me your top three in terms of priority at the running back position. I'm going to go... I'm still going to go Devontae Booker, then Daryl Williams, and ooh, I'm going to go Khalil Herbert. I will flip-flop top. I'll go Daryl Williams, Devontae Booker, and then Khalil Herbert. At the wide receiver position, we're, I think we're going to have consensus, but let's just say it to be sure. Who are, who are your top three at the wide receiver position? Kadarius Tony, and then get Rondell Moore and Tim Patrick if you can. Yep, I agree. And then I guess we, for your top one for the flyers, if you have to take one, would that be Amon St. Brown? Amon Ross St. Brown? That would be for me, but yeah, probably. I might, 
maybe a little bit of Christian Kirk sprinkled in there just for the okay. potential, but yeah, I can argue with that. Tight end, we've kind of have hit that Hunter Henry, your top guy, and then the yeah, other guys are absolutely. I'd say Hunter Henry, Dan Arnold for some potential upside to see his role grow. Then you got kind of the other guys, but then you know David and Joku, and I, like you said, the matchup is good for Ricky Seals Jones, so you could do worse than that. Yep, I would agree with that. And your favorite quarterback streamer, like we said, we're riding Washington and we're going with Taylor Heineke. And then two and right. Lawrence as the two youngsters in that battle of the first round quarterbacks. And then defense, we just mentioned it's Indianapolis, then Green Bay, and then Cincinnati. AJ, anything else you want to wrap up with or or plug with the waiver wire article or anything like that? Uh, go get ready for week seven. Stash some guys if you can, but if you can't, just you know, manufacture some wins and pick up some guaranteed points. Yeah, I that's a really good point. If you have some space and you don't want to take the upside and you have a week seven bye week coming up, it may be worth stashing. And just so you have your eye, keeping your eyes open, it's the Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys, Jacksonville Jaguars, Los Angeles Chargers, Minnesota Vikings, and Pittsburgh Steelers on bye week in week seven in the largest bye week week of the season. So you have bench play to play and you, would rather and your finger roster's fine. Take a flyer, look ahead for week seven if you can. So that's gonna do it for the week six waiver wire podcast. As always, I am Callan Elslager. You can find me on Twitter at Callan underscore Elslager. You can find AJ at Twitter at, at AJ Passman. Go Braves. And, yep, simple enough. And <laughs> I would say go Yankees, but I can't really say that. So go football. Go football. So thank you <laughs> once again for listening to the Waiver Wire Podcast. We will see you again next week for week seven of the show.